Hare Krishna. So today is the um, disappearance day of uh, Shamananda Prabhu. Um, and therefore, uh, I've been asked to speak on, uh, on Shamananda Prabhu. Um,
at first Sanatan Goswami had um, installed the deities of Sanatan of, of uh, uh, Mother Mohan on Dwada's Adichitila Tila, a hill that was overlooking the, the Yamuna, in the hope that this would be a nice place for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to stay when he would come. Um, later, um, under the direction of Rupa Goswami, also Radha Govinda was installed in Vrindavan. Krishna Kaviraj Goswami describes in Chaitanya Charitamrita how there are there were many, many thousands of devotees daily gathering in that temple of Radha Govinda. And so they were discussing the Chaitanya Mangal, which is later had a name change and became Chaitanya Bhagavat. So it became they were absorbed in the pastimes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so they spent their time in Vrindavan. And uh, so we can see how a Sangha began to form in Vrindavan. Um, and Rupa and Sanatan, they were the, uh, the inspiration of that Sangha. They were basically uh, such amazing personalities, it is described in Chaitanya Charitamrita that any Bengali that would come and visit uh, Vrindavan would ask, how are Rupa and Sanatana? And news would travel, they are doing this, they are fasting now, they are sleeping under different trees every night and, and, and so on. They are always chanting. And uh, so the glories of Rupa and Sanatana were, were spreading widely and everyone Everyone was greatly inspired by their association. Oh. Um, it is said that um, different devotees joined them, including Krishna Daskaviraj, who also was there as an associate of Rupa and Sanatana. Mm. And of course, other Goswamis came, you know, Gopal Bhatta. Uh, who had met Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in South India and in Sri Rangam when he was a child. Uh, his uncle Prabodhananda uh, went to Vrindavan and Bhukarva Goswami who was there uh, seated deeply in a basement under the deities of Radha Govinda and chanting there and so he got the name Bugarba, one who is in the womb of the earth. So all these amazing associates of the Goswamis began to gather in Vrindavan. Um, and at one point, uh, as the as time moved along, Rupa um, and Sanatan uh, left this world. But Jiva Goswami, who was a nephew, a next generation, Jiva Goswami, became the Mahant. He became the leader of the uh, Vaishnavas in the school of, uh, um, of, of the Goswamis. Subsequently, um, 
a next generation appeared of Narutam, Shinivas, and Shamananda. And these three, uh, they were uh, immediately recognized, immediately recognized as, uh, as special personalities, as, as personalities who were very worthy of representing Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And it was very clear that now the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was going into the hands safely of the next generation. And Jiva Goswami arranged that copies of the manuscripts of the, uh, of the writings of Rupa and Sanatan uh, were all packed in a great trunk or in various right to uh, so that the devotees of Bengal could also get this transcendental knowledge. Lord Chaitanya, after he took sannyas, had been requested by his mother to go to Jagannath Puri, and so Lord Chaitanya pointed out to Nichananda, who had followed him there, and so many other associates of Mahaprabhu would visit every year for Ratiyatra and stay three months. And Lord, Nichin, uh, Lord Chaitanya uh, told Nichananda that because my mother has asked me to stay here in Puri, I cannot really go to Bengal and preach there, so, so you should go on my behalf. And Nichananda assembled a number of associates and went to Navadvip. It wasn't easy to find the way because they were in ecstatic love of God and they were doing these kirtans and they were just so absorbed that they missed the turns again and again. They walked past the turn and someone said, are we really going in the right direction? I don't know, let's ask. Oh no, you have to, that's back, you know, you have to go back. Then they go back, but they go too far back. So they said, no, no, it's ahead. You know. So like this, it took a while before they made it to Vrindavan. But that was okay, because the whole way they were just absorbed in ecstatic kirtan and ecstatic love. So uh, Nichananda, um, he preached in Bengal, um, especially through Harinam Sankirtan. Everywhere, everywhere he performed powerful kirtan. And he stayed in the Saptagram area and in places like Panihati. We just observed that Panihati festival. And uh, so in all these places, they're sort of in, in the same area. Nichananda stayed there for three months and did amazing kirtans. Nichananda, one of his followers was Udharan Thakur, who was a, from a Suvarnavarnik family. And Udharan Thakur gave, uh, gave Nichananda all these jewels and gold that he used to wear. And uh, to us, Udarandatta is significant because every year in the month of February there is a mela in the 
birthplace of Udaram Thakur. And Srila uh, Prabhupada said that when he was uh, young, that his family would take him there every year because Prabhupada said they were born in that in that caste, in that family lineage, as the days, they were also part of that lineage. So the whole family, uh, the whole, the days and Malik's, they would they would gather there for for a mela. So, so I think it's significant. I also think we should claim that mela. The Iskon should go there. Harinam Ruchi and Mahavishnu Swami, yes, time can go there. That would be really nice. Just and all of us. Um, anyway, so in the in Bengal, Kirtan just went everywhere. And everyone became swept up in the ecstasy of Kirtan. And uh, Chaitanya Bhagavat describes that at length. It said that uh, there was a group of young boys with Nichananda who, who had Kirtan for 30 days non-stop and they became more and more ecstatic and at the end they became so ecstatic that they ripped trees out of the ground. Uh, it is also said that old men who usually can barely get up from a chair suddenly jumped up, jumped up into the trees and then on the branches of the trees and even the thin branches and they did break. So. The, the ecstasy by which Nichananda flooded, uh, flooded Bengal was overwhelming and the movement absorbed all kinds of people. Uh, amongst the participants of Nichananda's mercy were Muslims, there were all, all kinds of, uh, there were Buddhists, there were all kinds of Vaishnavas. They didn't always get the philosophy right, what shall we say, but they were somehow or other uh, part of that kirtan. So, Vrindavan, Vrindavan was the place, the place where the philosophy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were understood in depth by the Goswamis. Vrindavan was the place where they were where they were establishing the principles of religion, that she, the Saddharma, the true principles of religion, uh, based on revealed scriptures. And they scrutinizingly studied these scriptures and wrote books. In other words, they brought a lot of evidence supporting Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings from many scriptures. And we find such things in Ari Bhakti Vilas, we find such things in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Because when we look in these books, we see that they are full of quotes from many sources establishing the Siddhanta of Krishna consciousness. Um, so when, when Naratam, Srinivas, and Shamananda came to Vrindavan, all three of them were brilliant. They thoroughly absorbed the teachings of the Goswamis. They, like Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, were very familiar with the literature of the Goswamis. Um, they knew their Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. That, yes, they did. They knew the various scriptures very well. So the conclusions of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's 
mission were very clear to them. To freely distribute the topmost love of God um, to the most fallen, which is that topmost love of God is found amongst the residents of Vrindavan. Because they are just totally overwhelmed in unalloyed love of God. Never, uh, never a speck of selfishness or self-centeredness within them. Their only interest uh, is, is to serve, to please the Lord, and to increase the pleasure of the Lord. Uh, and of course, increasing the pleasure of the Lord means to bring more and more people to dive into this ocean of transcendental love. So yes, to dive um, into that ocean of transcendental love. Um, an ocean we visualize as something that extends in all directions and you cannot see the limits of it. Uh, when you are on the ocean, there is only water in all directions. Right? And so, in this way, an ocean of praying, Krishna praying, in all directions, within the hearts of endless devotees, that praying is not just some sort of Sometimes the Mayavadis speak and then there is all-pervading love, like some sort of sticky, sentimental, wet blanket that you throw over the whole universe um, and call love. But no, love is personal. And love means a person is involved. Um, in personal calamity, thou art moved. Absolute is sentient, thou has proved, right? The absolute has a heart, sentient. So it is a matter of the heart. So Shamananda, along with Nahartam and Srinivas, had deeply, deeply absorbed this, um, this, this mission of Shititani Mahababu to flood the entire world with transcendental love. This is the business of the Sankitam devotee. Uh, so they were really the first Sankitam party. Uh, and they actually see that there, uh, uh, there's even a record that there were book scores. Right? They were sending book scores back to Jiva Goswami. Yes, so many books distributed, like I forgot the numbers, you know. I mean, you know, not thousand, but, you know, numbers. They were sending scores to, uh, to Jiva Goswami. Yeah, so they were, they were Sankitam devotees. Of course, those days, nowadays, you know, if you have the money, you can just call a printer and say, print 100,000 Bhagavad Gita's. And it could be delivered quite soon after. Yeah, it's, it's like printers can do it in a couple of weeks if you if you pay. Yeah. 
possible. But, you know, in those days, every manuscript had to be hand-copied, so it was a little more, uh, uh, little more difficult to get the copies. But this is exactly what transpired. We remember they went to Bengal and they became, they became robbed uh, by uh, this, uh, this king, Arshbihambir, and who, uh, who, through an astrologer, had seen that some man would come with a great treasure. So, okay. Yeah. Yes, he liked his astrologer very much and said, yes, yes, let's collect this, this treasure. So they did and stole it. But then when he opened the, the boxes, he found manuscripts. And, you know, what is this? Where is the gold? Where are the jewels? But when he started to read uh, some of these manuscripts, then he realized that he had the greatest jewels. It was, of course, a great embarrassment um, for, uh, you know, for the three Sankitan devotees. Yeah, it's like, you know, your van with books is stolen. Now <laughs> what you're going to do, right? You stand there and come back. Books gone, van gone. Uh, certainly, uh, what you're going to tell the, the temple president. <laughs> so they were a little bit... Uh, a little bit concerned, um, and uh, but yeah, eventually uh, they had to tell the news, right? So what happened is, yeah, they were gone, these books, and uh, so what to do? So uh, Naratam, he was from Kateri. Naratam, that is in, in North Bengal. So he went to, nowadays in Bangladesh, on the northern side. So. Narthas, Narantam went to the north, to, to Kateri. Um, and uh, yes, and, and uh, Srinivas, he stayed to look for, if there was a trace of the books, and, and Shamananda went to uh, Jagannath Puri, to uh, Orissa, to preach. So in this way they went to three different places. Then what transpired is that somehow or other Sri, Srinivas, he found the books. If the books were found. So that was a, a big thing. Right? Then uh, copies were made. Uh, Srinivas uh, converted the king uh, who had stolen the manuscripts, initiated him and, uh, and engaged him in making copies of those books. Then copies were sent to Naratam and Shamananda who engaged uh, Naratam. His father was the, uh, the big Zamindar, the big ruler of a, of a large district. Uh, so he engaged many Brahmanas in, in making copies. And Shamananda preached to the kings in, in, in Jagannath, in, not Jagannath, in Orissa. And they uh, also made many copies. So in this way, uh, they had many, many copies of many, many manuscripts. Then, all, then they assembled. They assembled uh, all together for a big festival in Kateri, in Narutam's place. 
this, the date of that festival is estimated as to be somewhere 1576 that that took place. And that was the first Gorponim festival that was celebrated after the disappearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And for that festival, everybody came. It was a huge festival, huge. And uh, um, the devotees came from, uh, uh, from Bengal. And Achutananda, uh, the son of Advaita Acharya, was only a small boy when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in Navadvip at that time. Achutananda now was leading a party. Right? So, uh, Acharya had also passed on. Some say he became 125 years old. And, um, but Achutananda brought a party. Janavamata was uh, uh, representing Lord Nichananda, who had also disappeared at the time. Right? So, she was the senior most as the wife of Lord Nichananda, and she was presiding over the uh, the function, and she was seated on the Vyasasana and so on. But she also went into the kitchen to cook for everybody. <laughs> so she was not just sitting there waiting for her feet to be washed, but she was also serving all the Vaishnavas and, and cooking, yes. And prior to going to Kateri, Janavamata had gone to uh, Vrindavan to, uh, to hear from Rupa and Sanatam. So she had directly heard Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu explained by Rupa Goswami. So Janavamata was there. And when all these manuscripts were brought, when Nartam, Srinivas and Shamananda came and brought manuscripts, brought these books for everyone. Then it was Janavamata who actually uh, certified, yes, 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 these books are authorized. Okay, if Janavamata says so, then, then they're authorized. Ah. So uh, she must know. She is the wife of Nichananda. So in this way, uh, the books were accepted. And in that festival in Katri, many deities were installed. Um, also, everyone got copies of these manuscripts. So they all got a, a full set of books. And, uh, and there were amazing kirtans. Naratam was leading the most amazing kirtans. And it said that uh, these kirtans, they were slow and deep and meditative and everyone got really, really into it. And then it is said, then the Panchatattva appeared, according to Bhakti Ratnakar, in that festival. And, uh, and everyone was in ecstasy and overwhelmed. And then the Panchatattva disappeared. Mm -hmm. And then everyone cried in separation to a point where the mud, the, the earth became muddy. I mean, quite a lot of tears then, <laughs> right, uh, that's for sure. So um, the Kateri festival was like a, a revolution. It wasn't just, okay, the first Gorpurim festival and happened to be organized by Shamananda Narutam and Srinivas. No, that Ketri festival 
was a revolution in the sense that it just it brought the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the form of the writings of the Goswamis to all the devotees of Bengal. When the deities were installed in Kateri, Kateri became a place, a place where everyone would go, uh, whether the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would assemble. So there was a place where they could meet. There were teachings. And in this way, the movement in Bengal was finally fully solidified and aligned with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because although initially Nichananda had so literally just thrown out the net and anybody and everybody could just be part of it and uh, principles and things like that were not really so much... Uh, uh, talked about but in the writings of Rupa and Sanatana actually the in, entire process of Savana Bhakti was, was given and the entire project uh, process for cultivating love of God was systematically being taught and so uh, finally for the first time the people in Bengal became real sadhikas uh, and began to follow the, uh, the, the principles of Pancharatra. We see that the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is based on the Pancharatra. Pancharatra is basically uh, giving us prescribed rules and regulations of behavior that are favorable for cultivating devotional service which include worship of the deity, which includes uh, just many standards of behavior, like putting tilak in so many places, wearing the gontibala, following a codice, and so many, uh, so many principles that are being followed. Um, 64 limbs are described in the uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu of Nectar of Devotion, um, 64 aspects of, of Bhakti. So, all that started after after catering. So we can understand it wasn't just, well, uh, the first Corbonine festival, uh, that was nice. It wasn't just uh, an ecstatic festival. It was like a, a revolution. It was a revolution. So really, these three persons, Nardam, Srinivas and Shamananda, they made that revolution. Um, and it was their, their vision to do so. Um, and although in the beginning they uh, sent some smaller book scores to uh, Jiva Goswami, uh, there in Kateri, the, the book distribution really picked up. You know? <laughs> uh, even today, in the Royal Asiatic Society in Calcutta, there are many manuscripts from that festival. They have thousands of manuscripts from that festival that are still there now in, in Calcutta being kept in the Royal Asiatic Society. So it's very interesting how uh, uh, the role of Ketri. Now, I didn't, you may wonder, was this lecture about Shamananda? Oh, yes. But you spoke about everybody. You didn't, I mean, I thought that you were going to speak the whole lecture about Shamananda. Exactly. 
That's exactly what I did. Yes. Because Shamananda, he was... This was... I spoke about the heart of Shamananda today. Of really what, what moved him. What actually drove him. What actually was his life and soul. Ah, you know, that there's a story and how he got some tilak from Brother Rani. We can get into that, but I'm not going to. Uh, because uh, that was special mercy, not to be overlooked, but this preaching mission. That was what, what Shamananda took birth for. That is what Shamananda's contribution is to this Sampradaya. That is like really what he achieved. And on the disappearance day of a Vaishnava, it is said that we are observing the appearance day and the disappearance day. And it said the disappearance day is in one sense more important than the appearance day because on the disappearance day, the Acharya has revealed his pastimes. Uh, he has revealed his pastimes to us. So on this disappearance day of Shamananda Prabhu, we are praying, we are praying to Shamananda Prabhu that we also may get that Sankirtan spirit. Not just that we may be fired up, you know, okay, it's one thing to be fired up, uh, that is uh, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm can come in the association of devotees uh, when we're all like have a kirtan and we jump through the ceiling and then we go on the street and we all have a big harinam and then we distribute books. Then we're just carried by the enthusiasm of, of the devotees. Uh, just like in Bengal, so many were carried by the enthusiasm of Nichananda's party. But when, when Krishna consciousness goes very deep within the heart, um, then one person, one person, not in the association of so many others, but then one man can, get, can go alone, like Srila Prabhupada, who crossed uh, the ocean alone, who was in New York City, alone. I mean, New York is such a place where normally you want to know where you're going to stay. Uh, it's sort of, it's good to know where you're going to stay. Kind of. You wouldn't just, in New York, just leave it to chance. You wouldn't want to stay in the subway, would you? Uh, um, so, and Prabhupada just just went there in his old age, when one is vulnerable physically, uh, when one is, uh, you know, what could he do? Uh, an old man, what if someone would have attacked him? Could he, offend, could he defend himself? Not very easy. On the Bowery? I mean, Lower East Side, rough area, drawn. Uh, but, Prabhupada was Abai, uh, Abai Charanaradanda, he was 
is fearless. So, fearless because not because of some foolish bravery. Well, you know what happened to me? You know, no, fearless because Charanara didn't because he had fully taken shelter at the lotus feet of um, of the Supreme Lord. So he knew uh, Krishna is always with me, and he will protect me. Um, and whatever happens is perfect anyway. Nothing, nothing can happen that is not perfect. Uh, there's nothing wrong uh, in, in, in the material time. We think, oh, why are these things happening? This is not good, that is not good. But everything is perfect. Okay, that doesn't mean if this movement is attacked that that's perfect. Then, but that's also part of a perfect arrangement to bring uh, to bring a defense out of us. Just like when the Bhaktivedanta Manor was uh, attacked in the sense that they wanted to close it, no worship allowed, then as a response, right, uh, such a protest came and, and government connections were made and a road was made and uh, that was the campaign and that was the beginning of, of like the whole manner uh, going to another level. So we see that the opposition actually uh, force the devotees to rise to another level. Anyway, so I spoke a little bit about Srila Prabhupada and how he struggled single-handedly. And we should see that Shamananda went single-handedly to, to Orissa, alone, one man in Orissa, representing Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and establishing his movement making disciples, and his disciple made disciples, the movement just, uh, um, Rasikananda was the next, and it just exploded, you know. So they did tre tremendous preaching, tremendous, tremendous preachers of this movement. So we pray that some of that depth of that we may also deeply penetrate in the movement of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, both in achar and prachar, in our own behavior and in our preaching, that we may become absorbed deeply in that ocean of love, and from there uh, even have the strength to spread Krishna consciousness, even if he would be all alone. Uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita said, that one, even one of the associates of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu can deliver the entire universe. If Srila Prabhupada would not have come, we would have not believed that statement. We would have said, well, but Prabhupada proved that statement to us. And we can understand that Shamananda was equally so, such an agent of the Lord, a carrier of the mercy of the Lord, and one of such associates can deliver the entire universe. Therefore, it's important to commemorate uh, Shamananda Prabhu, to pray to him, that we may also go deeper in our love for Krishna, and that that may translate into a soft and compassionate heart, and that we will just everywhere be an instrument of distributing the mercy um, of Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
ज्ञान देखे तार का कृष्ण उपदेश अमरा क्या है गुरु आया तारे देश तुम एवर वी मीट वी मे गिव दिस कृष्ण उपदेश इंस्ट्रक्शंस फ्रॉम कृष्ण इंस्ट्रक्शंस अबाउट कृष्ण एंड दिस वे डिलीवर ये
he he had to find somewhere where there was such a manuscript then the manuscript had to be hand copied and then he could yeah, like things were right, still at an early stage I mean um, how, how many whether there were any printed copies around at that time that may have been hard see wasn't like now where we've cut down half the Amazon forest and you know it's, it's funny that it's called Amazon because <laughs> the Amazon is delivered comes in cardboard boxes to our door those are the trees right? you know yeah uh, anyway so you have to look at it like that manuscripts in itself were rare compared to now books were there there were printed books but how much, how many printed copies were available? Nothing like, like now. So it was a little more difficult to find. Do you think the same could happen again? Of course. I, not only do I think, I'm sure it will happen again. This, this modern world will collapse. This artificial world of technology and so on will collapse. And it goes back to a more natural state of life. Therefore, I think there is a window right now, a short window, where now we can order the 100,000 Bhagavad Gita's or, you know, uh, any number. And now we can actually flood the world with these books. It will not always be so easy as now. Yeah. Yeah. So it could well be a printing, printing press will disappear. Of course, you know, the devotees should be careful to preserve printing presses and the knowledge of printing presses because we need them. So as long as book distribution can go on, it should go on. But now is a special time for book distribution because now it's so easy, so easily available, these books. Yeah. So it should be widely distributed now. What I came to understand is because the, the old CCs and stuff, if you look on eBay, OCC, I don't know what that means. Old copies of the Chaitanya Church. Oh, old CCs. If you go on eBay, the copies have understood and are for really high extortionate prices. But we may be thinking, oh, let's just get a new one. There are no copies available in the temple. Yeah. Which is the same, same point. That's what I came to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there are book collectors. Like, uh, I... I uh, some people like to collect books. They just collect books. They don't read them, but, <laughs> but they collect it. And this, there's even a term for 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 this. It's called bibliomania. And I have a book about a man who was like so much into it, into biblio, collecting books, that he took all the furniture out of his room and he just had books and he made a seat of books and a desk of books and a bed of books. And everything is books, books, books. But he wouldn't read them. <laughs> Just collect them. So maybe we also sometimes are a bit guilty of that. Collecting books and not reading books. No. Yeah. Arch, you touched upon the point of uh, Narita Dastaku uh, installing the deities in Keturiga. So I, I read the past time. I just want to ask the question. What are the deities in stocks? Hare Krishna. 
One of the deities Narutta Thakur installed was uh, Gaur Lakshmi Priya. So I was thinking, what's the significance for us as Gaudiya Vaishnavas? Usually we worship Gaur Nitai or top like Gaur Gadadhar. So what's the, what's the significance of for us Gaur Lakshmi Priya? I mean, no, I, uh, I just see uh, her as the uh, the servant of of the Lord. I don't think we have to uh, try and draw so much esoteric meaning out of that. I think uh, the Lord. The focus of Lord Chaitanya is obviously on two aspects, his internal purpose and his external purpose. So when we look at Lord Chaitanya Associates, we can look at Lord Chaitanya and, and his internal purpose. So Lakshmi Priya, a, uh, a uh, female consort, the female consort of the Lord, we can look at that. Um, or we look at the external purpose. Now for us, right, for us, it is through the external purpose that we go to the internal. Uh, Narutam Dastaka said, you dive into the pastimes of Lord Chaitanya and emerge in the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. So we go through, therefore our focus is Gornitai, uh, who are, uh, you know, described in, in CCs, the sun and the moon, who are, uh, they drive away the, the, the Nessians uh, to, and so on. So that's our business, to, to focus on the external uh, in our activities, but to philosophically understand the internal nature of Lord Chaitanya's pastimes. Then we get to work in the external mood of Mahaprabhu, and then we'll emerge. So then we can deeply contemplate. Uh, Gaur Lakshmi Priya is showing Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Krishna with his female concert, which he is. But of course, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has another purpose. He comes to show the mood of Srimad Radharani. And that's a deeper manifestation of his mercy because he comes to show that love of God. So I don't think that uh, this deity would become a central deity in, in our, in, from a theological perspective, in our movement. That's why we have Panchatattva as the central focus. But naturally, we are worshiping Gorlaxan people. I don't know, time wise, where we're going, but uh, I think. Okay, yes, we're the last one. Hi, Krishna. Um, you mentioned uh, the mood of Shamananda Pandit and the heart, uh, his heart being in Sankirtan. Sometimes I feel that um, it can be hard, I guess, in such a big community to, to sort of really get out there and, and preach boldly. And sometimes I wonder, is it the case that 
you focus on developing your sadhana and your connection and then with that depth you know of, of connection the spirit of sankirtan comes to you and you, you kind of feel that need to share or whether it's the case that you need to push yourself even at the beginning and even in the early stages to, to to come out of your comfort zone and preach boldly at the beginning and then that develops the mood do you have any thoughts on that yeah yes um yes we uh um preaching is not easy right it's not that the people out there are just um waiting can you please uh can you please explain to me everything about Krishna Christ? Sometimes you need someone like that, but many times you need people that, that growl and that growl at you and uh, make ugly faces. So it is not always so easy to preach. And uh, so, so, yes, in the beginning we are uh, have to force ourselves a bit, you know, and there may be fear. There may be, uh, and then we have to overcome that, and that can be very difficult. So then we are out with devotees and uh, in, in good associations, so that we get enough support of that association, and then, okay, somehow or other, we we try, and we gain more confidence, and realize that uh, even if they growl at us, that we don't die. Wow, I'm still alive. <laughs> and then, you know, well, wasn't that bad, survived that one. So after a while, you go, okay, you know, what, what are they going to do to me, you know? No, okay. You always have to think, the ones that say no today, they are the ones that will say yes tomorrow. They get purified by the association, you just imagine. You get something that's offered to you. Excuse me, sir. It's like we're handing them out today. No, not interested. Are you really not interested? This could be interesting. Sir. No, 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 no. Because I think you want my money. No, but maybe it's interesting. So sometimes these naysayers they come up later and say, "Excuse me, can I have one of those books?" Because the curiosity has been there all along. We've seen you a hundred times, and finally they come. They get purified. And develop a desire to know. So we gotta be a little patient. So we're patient. Okay, we don't die. So gradually we gain some confidence and we can make it. Yeah. And of course, as we get more deeper in Krishna consciousness, we get a stronger and stronger desire to, to pass on this mercy and to just uh, uh, we get deeper sense of compassion. When you have something better, then you feel like, uh, I want to give this to others. This Krishna consciousness is so nice, the whole world must have it. So the more we get absorbed, the more we'll naturally want to give it to others. That's the advanced level. Then book distribution becomes nectar. And, uh, well, then, you know, there are levels that I don't know about. The nectar of book distribution. So I'll stop now. But I thank you very, very much. Shamananda Prabhu Ki Harinam Sankirtan Yaki Anantakoti Vaishnava Vinaya
Sawal das kadam kadam swai maraj ki jai